Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is He that made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and His faithfulness to all generations. This is the word of the Lord. One of the best-known scholars of the book of Psalms was a German named Dr. Hans-Joachim Krauss. In his commentary dealing with this particular psalm, he says, you have to envision pilgrims ascending the Temple Mount, that mountain where Solomon had first built the magnificent temple, one that endured for more than 400 years, was destroyed by the Babylonians, rebuilt by Ezra and Nehemiah, one that endured that time for more than 500 years, destroyed by the Romans in the year 70 of this first century of the New Common Era. Pilgrims ascending the hill of the Lord, about to enter into the temple. Dr. James Mays in his commentary says, all of the imperative verbs here, those that are telling us what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to do it, are appropriate to lessers meeting a greater, that is, common folk meeting royalty. How commoners are to meet and greet royalty. This is Christ the King Sunday, and this psalm is appropriate to Christ the King Sunday. Let's look at four things. Number one, know that the Lord is God. At the time this poem was composed, everybody had gods or God. The only question was, which God do you honor and worship? And all peoples had stories about their gods that helped them make sense of the world in which they lived. For example, there were some who called their god Baal. You were probably taught to pronounce it Baal when you were a child. Baal was a god who supposedly roamed the heavens. When he stomped around up there, it thundered. When he stomped around enough, it rained. He had a number of consorts that he chased around the heavens. And when he was completely exhausted and lay down to sleep, there was no more thunder and no more rain. It would rain about five months and then it would not rain for seven months. And so the people had to wake up by Al. So he would stomp around the heavens, causing thunder and then rain to fall. The Jews said, no, there is only one God and his name is El. Others in the Middle East had similar names. Al, which is carried over in Allah by the Muslims, sort of an I-L, il sound. When Moses had fled Egypt because he had murdered an Egyptian, he was now a shepherd, a husband, a father, he saw a bush on fire one afternoon, but not being consumed by the fire. And as he approached, he heard a voice in his heart, in his mind. Moses, I want you to go back to Egypt and face down Pharaoh. I'm going to help you and I will bring affliction after affliction upon the Egyptians until Pharaoh lets you go free. And Moses said, but, but wait a second. When I have real needs and I call out to you, how are you going to distinguish my voice from all these thousands of others screaming, Il, El, El? 
I need a new name. And God gave Moses a new name. Eye, Asher, Eye. Most often translated, I am who I am. That's my name. It is a rather strange form of the verb to be. It could be, I will be who I will be. Or, I am becoming who I am becoming. But most of the time, I am who I am. This poet says, know that Eye, Asher, Eye is El. Another translation says, acknowledge. Another says, recognize that Eye, Asher, Eye is El. He is the only real God. Number two, He has made us and we are His. Last Monday morning at six o'clock, our daughter-in-law Janet went into labor. Let me tell you, we have a precious, wonderful, beautiful new granddaughter. But that's not the story this morning. The story is how many long hours the labor went on. Ten and a half hours. I've been a runner for over 30 years, and when I'm sitting quietly, my pulse rate's about 45. A few months ago, I was having a stress EKG, and a cardiologist in our church said, we're going to move your pulse rate up to 145 beats a minute. We're going to keep elevating this treadmill till you get to 145. I remember what that felt like when I got to 145 beats a minute, and we stood there or sat there in the labor room and watched this precious baby's heart beating 145 beats a minute for ten and a half hours while she was squeezed and squeezed and squeezed again. And late in the afternoon, finally the nurse said to Gail, Janet's mom and me, you have to clear out now, we're about to have a baby. And so Roberta and Gail were doing something else, and I walked down the hall to the nursery by myself, waiting our turn for our baby to be brought into the nursery. There were six babies there. There were people standing, looking in the window, ooing and aahing about these babies, and I was waiting. Finally, all of them walked away, and then a woman walked up with a teenage boy. I would guess she was 40. He was maybe 15. She walked up to me and said, one of these yours? I said, not yet. I'm still waiting. One of them yours, I asked. No, she said. My mother's upstairs. She's slowly dying. We needed a break. And so I suggested to my son that we come down to the nursery and see how the other end looks. And then she said to this teenage son, look at them. Aren't those little hands the sweetest you've ever seen in your life? Look at those little feet, those little toes, their little heads. Look how they're all bundled up in their little beds. Aren't they amazing? Aren't they wonderful, she said. They are. And the mother, grandmother upstairs who's dying, and the babies being born down below, all have been made by God. And they are His. All of them His. Number three, we are His people. The sheep of His pasture. God is often referred to as shepherd. At times, the kings of Israel were called shepherds and they were accused of not being good shepherds, not looking after the sheep, looking after themselves. But one day, the prophet said, God Almighty will shepherd them. God will shepherd them. Psalm 23, we all know, it says, The Lord 
That's that same wonderful name, Aye, Asher, Aye, that God of the burning bush, that God who led Moses back to Egypt, that God who freed his people, that God leads us beside still waters to green, green pastures, accompanies us even in valleys dark as death. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. It literally means in Hebrew, pursues me, chases me. Goodness and mercy chase me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We are His. Ashley Johnson has remembered when she was in ninth grade, since she was in Sunday school class, taught by a local coach in the community. Very good teacher, she said. Very sincere, really caring. But there was a boy in her class named David who was always grumbling about things. And one Sunday morning, David asked this coach, Pinnell, does it really count if we don't want to be here? Does it really count if my mother and dad make me come Sunday after Sunday and we fight most of the way to the church? Does it still count that we're here? And coach Pinnell asked, When your mother and father think you need a vaccination, do you look forward to getting that shot? Well, no, he said. Do you look forward to going to the dentist when they say it's time for you to go? No, he said, I hate dentists. Well, he said, have you ever thought about the fact that when your mom and dad have you vaccinated, they may be looking after your well-being much farther down the road than you can see. When they want you to go to a dentist and have your teeth checked, cleaned, looked after, that they want you to have good teeth all of your life. That maybe your mother and father are really looking out for your best good. And when they wake you up on Sunday morning and go to all that effort to fuss and fight with you to get you here, they believe the most important thing they can do for you is to bring you into the presence of the Almighty who so loved the world that for you and us He sent His Son Jesus that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This psalm is appropriate for Christ the King's Sunday because we affirm that this God of the burning bush this God of the Jewish people was present for us in Mary's child Jesus. But in Mary's child Jesus, we got a good look at how much God wants good to come to us. That when bad things are happening to us, God is not happy. God is only happy when good things are happening to all of His children. All of His children. But He wants for all of us His mercies. His grace, His goodness. Which brings us to the fourth. Two great words are used in this fourth part. Chesed. Chesed is the Jewish word, Hebrew word, used more than any other in the Hebrew Scriptures to describe the nature of God. It's usually translated for us as never failing love. Never failing love. The other is the word emuna. We have it in the name of the synagogue here in town, Congregation B'nai Emunah. It's translated for us as faithfulness. God's chesed, God's emunah. What it says here at the end is, for eye, asher eye, 
is good. His chesed never fails. His emuna to all generations. Edward Brennan has wrote that his wife Julie and her mother were unusually close, even for mother-daughter. He said, our work required that we live five states from Julie's mom, but she never went to sleep at night that she hadn't talked to her mother once that day. Sometimes she called her mother in Iowa, sometimes her mother called her, but they talked every day, at least for a moment. And then Julie's mother had a stroke, had to move into a special facility there in Iowa. He said there were days when, after that stroke, the nurses could not understand exactly what Julie's mother was trying to say to them, what she wanted, what she needed. And they'd simply dial Julie and put her mother on the phone, and somehow Julie could understand what she was asking for, what she needed. And then she died. And Edward said, Julie grieved even harder than I thought she was going to. Hard days became hard weeks. And hard weeks became hard months. And one day, Edward said, he said to a friend of his, I want to help her. I do everything I know how to help her, but I feel so inadequate. And the friend said, it's death. We're supposed to feel inadequate in the face of death. And for some of us, it comes even harder than for others. But gradually, people of faith Surrender up a little bit more and a little bit more. And every time we hand over a little more, God receives it and keeps it in his eternity forever and ever.